All right, today we have Eric from the Huga YouTube channel and Instagram site, and I'm excited to dive into what I believe is the fastest growing menswear channel on YouTube. Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> Good, how are you? Excellent. Yeah, you actually came under my radar. Um, I found one of your, I think it was your morning routine videos, and like as a habit, I go straight to the about page and see like when did you start on YouTube, and I was really surprised to see an early date, but you have very recent videos, and I can't wait to dive into your channel and, and learn a little bit more about yourself. All right, let's do it. So I always like to talk, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious about your YouTube and everything now, but uh, I always like to start off with, with where you grew up, where you come from, and what's your story to getting to today. Okay, um, I grew up in San Diego, California um, for about like 20 years and moved out, went to school in the Bay Area. Now I'm working as an engineer in the Silicon Valley or San Francisco. And the whole YouTube kind of started when I was at work and I saw a lot of guys wearing collars and some guys wearing t-shirts. I mean, in here in the Bay Area, it's very casual business, very, very business casual. Um, so I was like, you know what, I want to start dressing a little bit better. And I found myself going on Reddit a lot. Um, you know, uh, Reddit is Reddit male fashion advice. And, you know, you had all these guys who had like all these layouts of like the perfect wardrobe or like the perfect shirt or the perfect Oxford. And, you know, as an engineer, I could really appreciate that. Cause I was like, you know what, I really like these small details. And at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm willing to pay a little bit more to get into this kind of more sustainable, more, um, uh, resilient kind of clothing or fashion. And, you know, I've always been into photography and videography and I was like, I want to use my camera more, but I don't have anything to shoot. I have a lot of friends who, you know, do it for a living. And I was like, Oh, it's so cool what they're doing. I wish I could do it. And I just never had a subject or, or anything interesting to shoot. And I was like, you know what I see, I've seen guys like Brock. I've seen guys like the Cavalier. I was like, you know what? I, I want to try it. I was like, I, I think it would be fun to put my spin on it and really you know, learn how to, how to do video and, and photography. And that's always been kind of the driving force behind it is like, I just really love to kind of experiment with like all the new cameras and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it came about. And now it's kind of growing a little bit fa faster than I thought it would. So, um, it's changing quickly. That's really fascinating. So what was your relationship with style like prior to being in Silicon Valley? Were you interested when you were younger or was that really something that spawned, uh, when you were older? Um, I would say more recently in college and, you know, I did discover early channels like, you know, Alpha M, Modest Man, Cavalier, and I kind of went through that whole style identity crisis, you know, where you don't really know what you want to wear, but you see other guys dressing well. And, you know, I tried, I tried everyone's style, you know, just to try it out. I tried fast fashion brands um, just to kind of see where I was or what I wanted to dress like. Cause like, you know, these guys look good. They, they look successful, um, you know, the way they carry themselves. And, you know, I, I think clothing, transfers over to that and I always wanted to carry myself like that but I always was wondering and and what my style was and that's where I turned to like YouTube for so you know for a while I was very like J Crew, um and then I kind of transitioned over into just kind of more like like Nordstrom's I guess I would just kind of go there and then eventually I kind of settled on the current style that I really like which is kind of like uh Scandinavian style um they really take like minimalism and they only get like a couple key pieces and they dress very like muted. And that's kind of where my fashion sense comes from. And I try to do it in a more casual business way such that it's appropriate for work. But again, you know, here in the Valley, you don't have to be too dressed up to look good um, here. 
Yeah, you definitely get all the ranges uh, in San Francisco from. Yeah, you do. You know, you know, you look really out of place in suits. I think uh, I, I go out there yeah. for work a lot, and I know if I wear a blazer into a meeting, I just I look like I'm, I'm out of place completely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you got billionaires wearing t-shirts and and sneakers, so. Uh, you see, yeah, you do kind of look out of place with the suit. It's really funny how the whole landscape has changed. Yeah, definitely. So now when you go, you know, you're reading Reddit and you're getting into, you're kind of finding your own style. What is your process from saying like, all right, I'm, I think I'm going to do this YouTube thing to posting your first video. Cause it looks like you've done a lot of planning into how you would present yourself. I mean, that's, that's very evident in all of your videos. Um, I think it's cause I just thought I put a lot of thought into the clothing I had. I was like, okay, well, I want to create like a very, I don't want to, cause I, when I was discovering or I had that fashion identity crisis, I was really spending a lot of money on clothes that I didn't need or I didn't want, but I just bought them to buy them. Cause that was, you know, what was in and that's what everyone seemed to be wearing and look good. And so the second coming where I finally figured out, okay, well, I want to kind of dress more sustainably and just have a very simple, clean style. I really put in the time and effort to really look at clothes, you know, how they're stitched, you know, why they're cut a certain way, the fit, the color. And, you know, these were things that I kind of like, I guess, obsessed about weirdly. Um, and that just kind of made the videos. I mean, I, I already knew what I liked about these clothing and, and, and the small details that I think some photos don't highlight. And I really wanted to highlight, you know, those small details, whether it was the texture of the fabric or just the way it's cut and the fit. And that's kind of what made me do the video. Cause I was like, you know, I wish I had, these videos when I was kind of looking at these garments, cause I went through quite a few returns trying to figure out, um, how these clothes fit, especially since most of the brands that I shop are like online vendors or direct to consumer. So, you know, it's difficult to kind of gauge it based off, you know, you have models who model for the company. So I thought making these videos would help a couple other guys out there, uh, see how the fabric or the clothes clothing would actually wear. Yeah. And, and how much did you know about, like the actual shooting, using your camera, video editing, like that side, the kind of technical side of what you're doing? Um, I'm pretty comfortable. I, I, I did it a lot in um, college. I worked as kind of like a pseudo wedding photographer and I would just always take my camera out and shoot. I mean, I, that was probably my first love. Fa fashion is probably just kind of like my second love, but my, my first true love is, is it will probably always be photography. And, you know, that's what really motivated me to make the first video and the next couple of videos. Um, was again to just experiment and have fun with my camera. Got it. That's cool. Yeah, because it's definitely a um, a steep learning curve. You know, learning how to use a, a nice camera and also the video editing. But but it is very evident in uh in your videos and also in your Instagram, even like your Instagram stories, that you're thoughtful about the production quality. Yeah, I mean, I just try and I, I carry. I, I mean, I I'm lucky left lucky enough to have learned a lot um, from a lot of people I've met in the industry and. Yeah, I was able to carry it over into you know Instagram and, and YouTube today. So when you uh, when you posted your first video and started seeing some traction, like I remember I found your channel and I was like, I think I saw your like 1K Q and A or something. I was like, wait, this guy's got like 10,000 subscribers. <laughs> and so you just started like like growing really fast. What what do you think was behind that, or and how did that feel? Um, man. I mean, my goal for the end of the year was just to hit like a thousand subscribers because this was just like a hobby at the end of the day. I was like, you know, it's something fun that I can do and, and kind of relax with. Um, yeah, when I posted that 1K Q&A, I was already actually kind of late. I think it was already at like 5K when I posted it and it just kept growing. And 
Um, I didn't believe it. I just remember one weekend, like one 24 hour period, I checked my stats on social blade and it was like a thousand subscribers in one day. And, uh, you know, it still really hasn't hit me. I, I mean, I still made these for fun and, you know, I don't, it's weird saying, Oh, I do YouTube. Like I was talking to some of my friends and they're like, Oh, you do YouTube. I was like, yeah, I guess I do. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's nice to have an audience to, to, to make stuff for, and I get a lot of good feedback from them. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of pressure too. I mean, I always want to do better than the last video. So trying to adjust to all that. Yeah, I feel that man. <laughs> and so, so you came into it as very much a hobby and a way to express creativity, use your camera. Uh, has that changed at all in the past month or so? Um, it, it gets to you. I mean, you think about it, you're like, Oh, is this going to be good enough? Cause you know, I mean, you don't want to produce something that that's worse than, than what you just put out. And it's not a fear, but you know, you always just want to put your best work out there. And I, you know, I, I did take a lot to kind of get adjusted to, um, like, you know, the trolls and stuff like that. You're like, damn, I put so much time and effort into this video and, and you understand that they're trolls at the end of the day, but you know, it, it does kind of get to you like, okay, well, could I have done that better? And there are people out there who do give you pretty good constructive feedback and you're like, damn, I missed that. Like I should have raised the volume a little bit higher. So, you know, in the beginning, I think it was a lot easier because I was like, oh, this is fun and I just want to do it my way. And now, you know, I still want to do it my way and and, and I'm, I'm trying to come back to that. But um, overall, I think I just want to keep doing better at the end of the day. So it's kind of a burden here and there, but I mean, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still only a couple videos in, so the pressure is still there, but I'm trying to adjust to it. And do you think it's something that eventually you would want to do full time or turn into a business? Um, I won't lie. I mean, I looked up at your, uh, expenses, uh, report and profitability and your revenue stream on a modest man. And I was like, wow, you can really make a decent living out of this. And I mean, now I'm starting to get a couple of, you know, sponsorships coming in on email. Um, and it, it's so weird. I mean, I'm still working a full nine to five and I'm like, okay, well, how can I make the most out of this and get this done and, and, and work with this? Cause I, I started working with like a couple sponsors here and they're just really small ones just to kind of get my feet wet. And it's, it, it is pretty time consuming. So it's hard to say if I'll do it full time, cause it is a little scary to kind of make that, that leap when you've gone to school, you know, for, for four years and then you work for, you know, X amount of years and then just to leave it all behind. It, it it's kind of weird. Cause if I leave, working in like the industry that I'm in, if you leave, you kind of are behind the curve as soon as you leave. Cause stuff just progresses so quickly. So I've thought about it. Um, not a hundred percent sure about it. I mean, it sounds fun, but at the same time, you know, it, it does sound like a pretty scary leap. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I've talked about in the past, I've started my channel sort of with the intention to do the same, but how do you now balance between the nine to five and then wanting to create? Is it something you focus on weekends or are you excited to go home and, and work on it now? What's that balance like? Um, the balance is kind of chaotic. I mean, I work at a startup, so it kind of comes in spurts when we're busy and when we're not. And I set a goal to kind of release a video every week. So if I have to wake up early, I'll wake up early. And that's usually when the best light is out here. So I have to wake up before sunrise. So I'll try and get that done before work, go to work. I'll probably edit on my lunch break photos and video. And then when I come home, I'll edit more. And then on the weekends, I'll get like even more B-roll, but I still try and preserve that balance and like, you know, spend time with my fiance and, and, and family on the weekend. So 
it's a lot to juggle. So I try and keep everything that's related to work and YouTube during the week. And then during the weekend, I really try and just decompress and then like still have a life. Cause I, it, when you do YouTube and, and, and work a full-time job, it's almost like having two jobs. If you're trying to stick to just even like a weekly upload, you know, like I'm, I have a lot of respect for the guys who push out content more than once a week or, you know, every day. I'm starting to realize how hard it is. I thought it, I didn't think it would be this hard, but I mean, creatively it really um, pushes you. So um, I just try and keep a good balance at the end of the day, but still it, it is a little hard to get all that kind of content. Yeah. I think one thing you see, and I've learned this over time, especially talking to other YouTubers is there is a sort of a team that develops around it. And I know Brock is using some, some virtual assistants. I'm now starting to work with some others that kind of help, um, especially like with, with sponsorships and outreach from brands. It's like, you can start to do that. And like, I know personally for myself, if I could outsource editing, that would be, that's like the one thing where I still do it. And I, and I, I'm okay with it, but I would love to give it to somebody uh -huh. that could like really make some of the videos sing and just kind of hand footage over and that would save a ton of time. So I've learned that there's a lot of outsourcing that makes this successful. And when you think about how companies are built, it's like, that's, that's really, uh, that's really part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to let it go though. I mean, even if I could hire it out, it's like, you know, it's like your baby kind of, you know, you really want to, you know, it's yours. You built it up. Like I had a couple of friends kind of try and help me with, um, some things and then like, I'll bring them out to kind of help me shoot as a second hand when they're available. Outsourcing sounds good and it does sound like it'll relieve a lot of stress, but I think it's just hard to like let it go. You know, I think when you put so many hours that, you know, you and Brock have both put in, I think, I mean, even for me, for the small amount of time that I put in, like, it's hard for me to trust somebody even with like editing or like emails. I mean, I'm still new to this and maybe, you know, I, one day I do have to learn to be more of a ma macro manager than a micro um, but for now, like, I really like to be involved and like, I really have, I mean, I feel like I put a lot of time in it and it's just, it's just, I guess it's just scary, you know, handing off your kid to somebody, um, to kind of take care of it, and you're hoping that they would do it the way you would do it. And, and, you know, I think it's just a lot of, a lot of, I guess, pride that you have in your channel. You know, you really want to give people the best that you have to offer. Totally. And I, I see that firsthand. So what is, um, you know, when you, other people find out that you do uh, style on YouTube or you're into fashion, like what is a tip that you usually give people as, as something as a takeaway or, or something you like to give out? Um, the tip, uh, I would just say fit. You know, I think a lot of people compromise fit just to get a certain piece, whether it's on sale or it's hype or something they really want. Like I, I know there's a couple of times where I really wanted something and I'll try it on and I know it just doesn't fit. And it is the hardest thing to just kind of put it back in the box and return it. Um, but I always tell people like, you know, never compromise on fit. I mean, it could be bad quality fabric, but if it still fits, it'll still like look good generally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, that's money well spent. I'd say always for, for people who are trying to improve their style, like first do a little audit, you know, of your current wardrobe and, and get get your stuff tailored before buying anything new, you know. I think a lot of people just kind of accumulate more and more stuff, which doesn't really solve the problem. So we have some questions that we like to ask as part of rapid fire. These are unprompted and we just like to get like quick couple word answers here. So you ready to we'll fire a couple at you? Uh, sure. Let's go. All right. Loafers or sneakers? Sneakers. Morning shower or evening shower? Evening shower. Your favorite Bond actor? Oof. I guess Pierce Brosnan. Oh, okay. That's a great answer. Uh, cardio or lifting? Lifting. 
chinos, jeans, or trousers? Chinos. And if you're getting into the shower and you want to get pumped up for like a big day, what's the song that's playing? I have the tiger. All right, okay. All right. <laughs> that was good. The, the Bond question is usually the one that trips people up. So I'm, I'm happy to hear Pierce Brosnan. To me, GoldenEye is like the, it's not the best, but it's my favorite. I mean, that's the one I, I grew up watching. Um, and I couldn't think of the older, the previous uh, Bond actor either. He was really good. I, I enjoy watching those ones. Those were a little more uh, kooky back in the day, but those were both, those were fun too. I know. I'll still take on anybody in GoldenEye for N64. I mean, I've got it hooked up <laughs> in my place, and it's it's still the best shooter. Those controls were frustrating, but that game was rewarding when you could when you can do damage. Absolutely. So you're still kind of grappling with success of the channel. Like, what are you looking forward to? What are what's some of the stuff that you're excited about in the future as uh, as opportunities open up? Uh, so I passed the monetization, um, application. Well, I, sub I guess YouTube automatically submits it. So that's kind of cool. I've always want wondered how monetization works with YouTube. So apparently YouTube's a little backed up and they said they're going to get everyone monetized by the end of June. So I'm curious to see how that works. Um, working with, uh, sponsors too. I mean, there's a lot of brands that have kind of reached out that I've never heard, but heard of before. So I'm really interested to work with them and, and put more stuff out. And, you know, again, you know, just improve on videography and, and, and photography as much as I can. Uh, still working on it. You know, I've definitely gotten a lot of constructive feedback. So it is scary every time you put out a video, but I do enjoy the kind of feedback I get back to help improve the video, even if it's by like 2%. Yeah, I always like to refer to my comments as like my hive mind. That's how I learn about so many of the brands that I end up covering. But there is like a portion of those that you really have to grow a thick skin for and just kind of ignore because... Uh, <laughs> That's all. That's another yeah. theme. As we talk to other YouTubers, is sometimes the comments you just gotta block some people and, and let them roll off. Yeah, I haven't really. I know people have like filters or, or block people. I haven't really done it. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna just leave this open. They can say whatever they want to say, because um, those comments usually do end up filtering to the bottom, and you do really get the guys who care and 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 the good criticism. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like. I'm pretty. Like I, I enjoy watching the channel grow, so I'll, I'll kind of be on my phone religiously looking. I'm like, all right, did someone comment? Is there something I can answer? And then sometimes I'll read the comments that you don't really want to read, but you end up reading. And, you know, it's definitely been a, a learning curve to kind of just, you know, sit back and sit on your hands and not like respond. You know, it's it's uh it's funny. I know some some like big YouTubers like uh, I know Aaron Marino for a long time just never looked at any comments. It just totally um ignored the comment section and i think recently he started to get into it a little bit because i've seen him responding and, and commenting on other people's videos but there's definitely something to be said for like shielding yourself from the negativity you know on the internet and whether that's like having someone else moderate or just ignoring comments but uh for me i you know i, I like to be in the comments and, and responding to people and answering questions and you know looking at that constructive criticism but but I definitely have a, a long list of, uh, of people who are banned for just, you know, hate speech and stuff like that. So I'm sure uh, it's just something to navigate, you know, as, as the audience grows. So I'm sure you'll be dealing with a lot of that very soon. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's interesting because I've watched a couple of videos, you know, when you're not in when you're not a creator and you watch like, you know, other vlogs, whether that's like Casey Neistat or somebody. And they've made a couple of videos where it's like, you know, oh, how do you handle hate? And like, oh, I just ignore it. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but it's interesting that you say, you know, shield yourself from negativity because 
you know, I think it has taken a toll. Like weirdly, I was like, you know, these guys don't do anything for me. They don't mean anything to me. And I, at the end of the day, I am able to like kind of put it in the back of my mind, but I guess I still read the comment and, you know, I'm a pretty positive person. So I guess it is kind of weird to have that much negativity, even if it's from social media. Um, so, so it's interesting that you say shield. Cause I mean, I, I've debated about it, but at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm just going to let this video run its natural course. So, I mean, have you guys noticed that it kind of takes like a toll on your psyche or something like it I, I don't really know how to put it into words but i feel like it kind of is like a small drain it's not a huge one but at the end of the day i can kind of feel like the sluggishness from 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 all that negativity yeah and, and there's definitely the rule people talk about where you'll read 10 positive comments where they say you're the best person in the world but there's one comment that says that you suck and it'll stick with you more than others i know that i can think to, to comments that happened six months ago that somebody said something negative and it could have been the only one for an entire month but i still rings true in there and so it really is like you know it's it's small toll but it can end up kind of sitting in your mind and then um it's it really is all about just kind of trying to focus on the positive because the ratio is so high but mentally you kind of put more weight on some of the negative ones just as human nature i think yeah that, that that's so true i mean i can think of all the negative ones i can't like no disrespect to the audience, but I can't think of any of the positive ones when I when I think about it. Like all the ones that are fresh, like you said, you know, six months ago, I can probably think of a comment that was negative. Um, so that's interesting. That's weird. I've never really thought about it. I thought I would just kind of let it run its course, but it's 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 weird that it kind of affects you when you when it when it shouldn't. Yeah, I think take the ones that are in some way constructive because everybody was going to give their opinion. If they're if they're positive, they'll tell you things that they like, and then the negative ones. If there is something substantive to them that you should apply, then great. If it's if it's totally useless or they have a bad day or something, you always got to think about that. And I and I've seen when I respond to some comments, people say, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't think of it that way." And so there's a lot of that as well. That's the internet for you. Yeah, I try to do my best to diffuse. I mean, I took a couple classes where they're like, you know, try and find the actual what they're actually mad about. You know, some people, yes, you know, there's no reasoning. But even then, I try and read through all the comments and find, you know, someone like you said, who's maybe misunderstood where I'm coming from. And yeah, usually you can diffuse the comment and, you know, you end up gaining like a really good subscriber. But, you know, you, you do got to filter through all the filth to get to that comment, though, which is unfortunate. Now, I'd be remiss before we go. I've seen it on your videos before, but uh, a risk check for today. <laughs> I was looking forward to this question. I know both of you guys are kind of in horology. And, uh, you know, I do remember watching Brock. One of the first videos I ever watched when I was getting into men's fashion was his three watch collection. I thought that was a really well done video. Um, but today I'm just wearing my uh, Rolex Mariner. Very nice. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing your uh, your one watch collection video. I was like, ooh, that's that's nice. I like that idea of, you know, one watch. So I'm also I've also got the uh, the Rolex on the wrist today. The uh, the new new to me Datejust. That thing's beautiful. They're great watches. <laughs> Although I have seen like so I have this. And I'm very very happy with it. I think it's gonna be satisfied potentially forever with this one, but. I think that 36 millimeter Rolex uh, Explorer One is also a very cool watch. It's a nice size and you know, kind of good mix between casual and formal. So maybe one day. That is the primary Rolex that I personally look at, and I'm like, I could see myself wearing that Rolex. They, um, TGV calls it the Fleming. Yeah, I debated about the Explorer One for a while too. I mean, 36 is beautiful. I, I kind of want a Datejust too. I, I mean, I know you purchased your Datejust from Theo and Harris, and. You know, sometimes I'd fall asleep watching his videos and I just hear him, 
you know, subliminally, subliminally keep telling me to buy Datejust, but I ended up with the sub, but the Explorer is a really nice, it was up there too. I, I debated it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the sub is an awesome watch, you know, especially if your, your style leans casual, which for you, it, it does a little bit. So, um, but they're all great watches. So I, I love the idea of having like, I mean, I, I think actually me and you are kind of aligned that way and like kind of like, like the idea of like a minimal wardrobe and like only owning like the essential stuff. And um, I think with watches that that very much is applicable. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can get a watch. You're like, oh, this is the one. I'll wear this forever. And then like six months later, you're like, ooh, but that Explorer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, you got the SKX too to cover you for those like vacation and, and some more of those, you know, hard knock moments in life. Um but yeah, if I dressed up more, I could probably justify a date just, but I can't quite justify it yet. Yeah, it is. It is a little dressy, but oh, I am trying out um, Asket on your recommendation. So I, I think I've got a package coming today, actually, with uh, like three or four pieces from from that brand. So excited about that. Awesome. I hope you like it. Hey, man. Well, is there anything uh, that you're excited about for the future? I mean, just, you know, kind of still heads down focusing on the channel. Um, anything you want to share before we wrap up? Um, Not really. I mean, I, I guess our engagement party is this weekend. I'm excited for that. Um, I took a, I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to upload to YouTube this week. I got a little sick. So I'm actually looking forward to kind of getting a fresh start on Monday and having like a nice break away from, you know, the comment section, I guess, and YouTube in general. Uh, so yeah, don't know what's in store for the future, but I'm excited for it, I guess. That's awesome. Well, congrats on the engagement and, uh, the awesome growth that you've seen with the channel so far. We'll continue to keep an eye on it, link to all your stuff in the show notes and, uh, to anybody listening, go check out Huga on YouTube and Instagram. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we will see you next week.